Come on, worship. Worship the living God. Worship your God. Worship your God. He's brought us through. Worship him. He's made a way. Worship. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, continue to worship. As we lift up before the Lord our unsaved loved ones. And we crown for this morning, this morning for them. Come on, continue to lift your voice and worship. Hallelujah. Because the more that you lift your voice, the more that you release that worship, the adoration, the more glory to God. Hallelujah. Birthing is taking place in the spirit realm. Come on, something's being birthed through your worship. Yes, Lord. And Father, we lift up the souls before you. Every lost soul, every unsaved loved one, sir. Hallelujah. We lift our voices in our hearts, Lord God. Hallelujah. That souls would be born into the kingdom. That there would be one for you, Lord God. We cry out this morning, oh God. Hallelujah. We cry out for them, oh Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, we lift up the ministries of this church. For hallelujah. We pray for the EACM this morning. Every church and parachurch. Every ministry gift. Every minister. Hallelujah. We lift them up before you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In this atmosphere that is prime. In this atmosphere that is pregnant. Yeah. In this environment that is pregnant. Yes, God. We lift them up this morning. Yes, every chaplain. Every FRC. IAC chaplain. We lift them up, Lord. Destiny schools of ministry. We lift them up before you. The EMI, God. We lift it up before you, oh Lord. In this atmosphere where perfect takes place. Come on, lift your voices. Lift it up, lift it up. You might be tired, but come on, lift your voice. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And Father, we pray for our leaders. We lift up Apostle C and Sister C this morning. We lift up Pastor Gardner this morning. We speak blessing over them and strength, favor, and healing. Grace over their lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, as we start another year, hallelujah, we lift up our leaders in this great house. We lift up our Bishop and Dr. Sheldon. Come on, will you help me this morning? Lift your voice unto the Lord. Let's cry out to God for our leaders. Thank God for them. Thank God for preserving them. Thank God for keeping them. Thank God for healing them. Thank God for restoring them. Thank God for blessing them. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this house. We speak blessing over it. Miracles, signs, wonders to flow in this house. Be the norm. Fill this house, Holy Spirit. Fill it up. 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 With your glory. Fill it up, God. With your power. Fill it up, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you in advance for every blessing, every way made, every need met, every open door. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise, for they all belong to you. Hallelujah. And all these things we ask in the matchless name of Jesus. Now, come on, saints of the Most High God. Help me. And the Spirit of the Lord says, in 2020, you have been pressed down. You have been pushed down. But in 2021, God says, I'm going to begin to raise you up. I'm going to take you to a new level. 
poisoning and it led to all kinds of other complications anyway I know Eric uh, prayed for me and Mike called me and I just wanted to thank everyone and I can't uh, overlook my my cook that helped me through this whole ordeal and that's Gloria so it was quite a time never had anything like that and um, first and foremost I know I'm forgetting a lot of things I wanted to write bullet points but and Lance also called me, so I can't forget Lance. I really appreciate it. You know, when you're down and out like that, and you're wondering when is going to be the end of this thing, it means a lot when people check in on you. And I just really wanted to uplift um, the doctors here, los doctores in Spanish, right? Uh, I'd like to call him mi, mi pastor, because in Spanish for me, a pastor is somebody that really nurtures and sees to the flock and wants and is concerned genuinely about your well-being as well as Sister Cheryl, I like to call her, or First Lady. And I really, I appreciate everyone here at this church. I really do. I really mean that. There's some great people here. And I just want to extend my fullest appreciation and and there's so many things that, you know, I could say that, well, a few things I want to say. I've never been to a church where there was so much uh, genuine love. And I think we're all very blessed. We're all very blessed to have them. And, uh, and they're very welcoming and embracing. And I don't know about you, but you just don't get that that much in this world. I don't care if it's a church or not or... You know, what's really sad about um, the state of affairs with churches, we have the black church and the white church and the Latino church and the Chinese church. Why can't we just be souls for Jesus Christ? Why can't we just be souls for Jesus Christ and drop all the colorist stuff? Can we do that? And I feel like Los Doctores, they have done that here and they've achieved that. So Sister Cheryl, I missed your birthday and I felt so bad, but I was in a bad way. You guys wouldn't want me here on one of the state that I was in. But I wanted to bring these flowers to honor you today. And not only on your birthday, but each and every day. So I thank all of you. I love all you guys. And let me know if I can pray for you next time. Please do, okay? Amen. Bless you all. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Well, we have something special today to do. And right now, I'm going to ask all the deacons that are here, deaconesses, ACM ministers, staff, and chaplains to come forward, which should be most of us. Amen? Come on. We're leaders in the house of the Lord. The things that you've learned here, you will apply. Deliverance, prophecy, all the things that God developed through you. And you're awesome woman of God. And I'm proud of you. And what you do in the kingdom of God and for the kingdom. And thank you for your service here. And all the things you did for all these years. You've been a blessing to this church, to this family, to these people. Thank you. Amen. Love you. Amen. Give God a praise. Oh, come on. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You should be receiving a handout. Did we pass these out? Did we pass these out? Who does? Oh, okay. So we're passing out a prophetic word that um, I believe is key to this year, to this hour. And I want to share with you this morning what God has given me for the first Sunday in this year. Woo! Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Happy New Year! Oh my word, you guys better wake up. We're not on, what are we on, daylight savings? I don't know, midnight savings, but yeah, to wake up, say Happy New Year! Happy New Year! We had a glorious New Year service. Mm-mm. If you weren't here, you can catch it on live stream, on YouTube. It was awesome. But Happy New Year... When I was looking at the Tanakh, say Tanakh, okay, that is Bible in Hebrew, but as I was looking at the book of Psalms, for the Jewish people, it translates from the book of Psalms, he will fulfill the number of your days, one of the Psalms says that, and when they say Happy New Year, it's all about fulfilling your days. Good morning, live stream family. We love you, and this is for you this year. This is for all of us. Happy New Year. God is fulfilling your days. Now, what does that mean? As I began to look at it, they said that God will fill the daily, every day of your life with purpose and completion and satisfaction. Now, you're going to say, well, some of my days aren't very satisfying. And some of my days, I don't really want God to complete anything. They were horrid. (laughs) But I want to tell you something that God showed me. He says, every day counts in your life. Every day counts. Look at your neighbors, they every day counts. And the reality is you can't get back a day. You can't fix a day. You can't recover a day. How many of you remember your wedding day? And it was fun and it was exciting. But you can never recover that day. You only have memories. How many of you remember one of your most favorite birthdays? But you can't recover it. You can only remember it. So God spoke to my heart and he said, tell them don't toss aside any of your days. I used to say, I don't do Mondays. 
And God says, you better do Mondays because those count. Don't toss them aside. You can't get them back. Every day counts. And so for this year, God gave me some specific words he wants you to stick in your spirit, in your heart, because every day will count. For these, he gave me four words fasting. Don't even look at me and say, I don't want that one to count. <laughs> now, write this down. Listen to me, uh, YouTube family, live stream family. Write these down January 25th through the 30th. This felt that was the week we were to set aside for this quarter for fasting. Now, some places like to do a 40-day fast. That's good. But we began to pray about that and felt that it's not the length of days you fast. It's the intensity of which you're purposeful. We're not out to emaciate you. We want you to walk in a new freshness in the spirit. So January 25th through the 30th, it would be Monday through Saturday. Fast. And we're going to keep pounding you on it so you won't forget. So eat everything you can eat before the 25th. But I want you to fast with purpose. Make it count. Because every day counts. Fasting counts. It's about your focus. It's about what God's going to reveal to you. How many of you want God to show you secrets? I want God to tell me secrets. Did you ever see anyone... That when someone said, I have a secret to tell you, they go, oh, I don't want to hear that. They're like all in. Okay, what? God wants to share some secrets with you. God wants to change you. He wants to change the way you think. He wants to change your heart. Hello? He gave me the word prayer. And you're probably sitting there thinking, oh, what a shocker, Pastor Cheryl. <laughs> Prayer. And this is what he said. He goes, pick a time and stick to it. Pick a time and stick to it. Don't decide, well, I got to go run and do this first. I'll come back. No, pick a time and stick to it. And along with that, I want you to do me a favor. How many of you will say, we will definitely give it our best shot, Pastor? Okay, now I see those hands. We got prayer in this house. I want to see people come from everywhere. Bring bodies with you. Friday night, 7 to 8.30. Make it a date. Go have some dinner or go have some coffee and then come to prayer or come to prayer and then go. Pick any one of these or all of them, but Friday night, 7 to 8.30. Blow my mind. <laughs> and how about Saturday morning, you don't even have to get out of your jammies. Seven to eight. I'm the only one, and Bishop's the only one that got to at least brush our hair and put something on. <laughs> Hello? And then how about this? Tuesday and Thursday mornings. You better be writing these down. Don't be saying, I didn't know we had prayer. Live stream, family, Tuesday, Thursday mornings, 6.30 to 8. 
Join Elder Duff. I'm sorry. Seven till 8.30. Same as Friday night. Only it's in the morning. Seven till 8.30 in the morning. Tuesday, Thursday. Write them down. And don't be surprised if the Holy Ghost wakes you up. And says, you better go to prayer. How many of you will honestly give that your best shot? Amen. I want to see people coming before the Lord just praying and crying out to God. And the third word, passion. Say passion. Make Jesus the center of your life. Passion. You just got to have him. Passion. You just got to talk to him all day. Listen to me. How many of you ever been in love? Nobody in this room. Well, I know Bishop and I are in love and... And I just remember... When we were engaged, and this man would call me after dropping me off, and our dates, I want you to hear this, when we dated, we went and did ministry, so our dates were deliverance and inner healing. (laughs) And people would just call, and we'd make appointments and go to their house, or go to the, back then we used the 700. Club building, and you know, whatever we could grab as a space just to do some deliverance and inner healing. And he'd pick me up, and we'd go do deliverance and inner healing. We'd go grab something to eat, and we were so tired, he'd just drop me off at home. And as soon as he got home, he'd call me. And I'd say, Hello, and he goes, I just wanted to talk to you. And I say, well, what have we been doing for the last four hours? How many of you hear what I'm saying? That's how God wants you to be with him. He wants you to, hey, Jesus, I know we just spoke, but I want to talk to you. Or he might say, hey, Susie, I just was talking to you, but now I want to talk to you again. Passion. Passion. Make him the center of your life. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Right? Pray in tongues. That's talking to him. In fact, that is so cool because the devil cannot understand tongues. And so when you pray in tongues, Jesus is the only one that understands. How about journaling? How about writing down what you think God is saying to you? Oh, but Dr. Cheryl, what if it ain't God? Well, it can either be Jesus, yourself. It can't be the enemy. He ain't going to talk to God. Are you hearing me? Passion. Say, I got a passion for Jesus. Oh, wow. That really is moving. Say, I got a passion for Jesus. Say, fasting. I'm going to fast with purpose. Say, prayer. I'm going to do my best to be there. And the fourth word was focus. I want to spend a minute or two on this one. Because the only way you can focus is if you rely on the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? Rely on the Holy Spirit to help you focus. Get so into Jesus that you're oblivious to the world around you. How many of you have ever been into something so deep that you're oblivious to whatever's going on? Get that way with Jesus. Focus. 
The prophetic word that I just gave you this morning in your hands is all about dismantling those distractions in your life. Do you see, uh, we brought this up even New Year's. One of my intercessors said, we have been praying, Pastor, and COVID is a spirit. Yes, it is. It's a spirit out of hell. And what has been fueling it is the fear. But it's time to tear it down. dismantle it because it's also been nothing but a distraction. Some of us have been consumed with COVID. COVID this, COVID that. You can get it in any color you want. It's ridiculous. Dismantle distractions this year. Be so focused on the kingdom of God and on souls and on winning the lost and just talking to everybody you come into contact with. Listen, how many people have you come into contact with this past year that you've talked about COVID with? And then how many have you talked about Jesus with? See, it's a distraction. God says this year, lay them down. Keep doing what you know to do is right. And God says, I'm going to do the unimaginable this year. I'm going to do the unthinkable this year. Keep doing what you know to do. So like last week, I do not dream. You just all got to know I mean, everybody dreams, but I remember nothing. All I know is I go to bed and I get up and thank God I slept. Some nights I feel like I'm just going to go take a nap. But I had a dream that I even remembered. And it was so short. It was a snippet. But all I could see was I'm walking in this dream through a swamp. And then I got to clearer waters, but in the swamp, I just kept picking up. I had this great big garbage bag, of course, and I had my garbage bag, and I'm picking up dead snakes. Now, I know that's weird, but I pick them up. I can see them in my mind's eye. They're all decayed, and I'm picking up these snakes, and I'm throwing them in the garbage bag, picking up these snakes, throwing them in the garbage bag, and I just kept doing that, and all I could think in my mind while I was in this dream was, I should have put gloves on, and I'm picking up the snakes, and I'm throwing them in the garbage bag, and they're just dead, and I'm like, oh my God, how many more are there, and I'm picking up snakes and throwing them in the garbage bag, and then I just kept throwing the garbage bags away, and they kept disappearing, and I'd get a new garbage bag. And woke up, and I said, Lord, what in the world? How come I can't dream about seeing Jesus? And at first I thought, okay, at least I remembered the dream. And I thought it was so interesting, they just kept disappearing. So I asked Bishop, I said, well, what do you make of that? He goes, I don't know. He goes, but at least they're dead. I said, well, that was very encouraging. Thank you. So as I began to work on this word, God says to me, you're cleaning up the swamps of people's lives. He says, as you go in and as you constantly are doing deliverance and inner healing, you're cleaning out lives. You're cleaning out the swamp of people's lives. He says, and as you do it, he goes, you put them in the garbage bag and then I'm just taking them away. He says, you just need to keep on doing what you know to do. Because I had no fear in that dream. It wasn't like, ooh. I was like, come on, let's get this done. Focus, focus, focus on the task he's given you. 
Focus on what he's given you to do. I loved it the other night, Pastor Nia Smith. She preached for the new year, uh, one of the speakers, and she goes, if you got a pulse, you got a purpose. I loved it. Now, how many of you got a pulse most days of the week? Okay. Then you have purpose. Focus on what God's given you to do. Look with me at Luke 10. Verse 38 to 42. Now it came to pass as they went. They weren't sitting around. <laughs> Hello. They weren't sitting. It says as they went. That he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Better come help. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. In other words, one thing really matters. And Mary hath chosen that good part. That's key. Chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Chosen. Chosen. Mary chose the better part. We got to make choices this year. We got to make choices this year to choose the better part. Choose the better part. Choose the right thing. Don't worry about the, the unimportant things. Choose the better part. And so goes a battle with distraction. Look at Romans 7, 22 and 23. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. See, there's that distraction, that battle going on. I know what I want to do for the Lord, but I know, you know, the law. I got to follow these little laws, these traditions, these routines. Listen, if your prayer time has become too routine, get out of it. Sometimes when I'm praying, if I get into a routine, I hear God say, shut up. That's just what he says to me. Shut up, Cheryl. I already know that junk. You say it all the time. Okay, Lord, forgive me. Get out of the routines. Relationship. Talk to him just like when he says, go do this. Don't battle. Don't battle. Just say, okay, Lord, here we go. Look at Romans 8, 1 and 2. We're conflicted. It just is what it is. We find ourselves conflicted. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. No condemnation. What does that mean? So when you're distracted, make a different choice. When you're distracted, say, no, I'm going to go do this for God because that's what I'm supposed to do. So whatever thinks it's so important, sit down. How many of you hear what I'm saying? We've got that battle in us. Don't walk around going, oh, I'm such a loser. I'm such a, I disappointed God again. Just say, you know what? I'm not being distracted. Okay, I'm going to go do what God wants. And go do it. Maybe it's sitting down and reading the word. Maybe it's go help Sister Susie next door. Whatever it is, hear God. That's the key. And choose to walk away from the distractions. 
Romans 5, 3 through 5. Look at this. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation works patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. Isn't that great? How many of you glory in tribulations? And hope make not a shame because the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. You don't got to be ashamed and feeling like a dirt bag. Hope, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Those things that you need to glory in, those tribulations. Yeah, but you don't know, Pastor Cheryl, this is going to destroy me. God ain't going to let nothing destroy you. But he allows tribulation to work in you. Now, I agree. Some tribulations, okay, God, could you have picked of a different way? <laughs> but God knows what's best for us. I said, God knows what's best for us. You had to think about that for a minute. And he uses these tribulations to further you so you will further the kingdom. Maybe you needed to go through something so that you could touch another life. Maybe you needed to go through something so that you can meet up with people that would make a difference in your life. Maybe you would have never met certain people had you not gone through something. Paul was in prison in chains. But Paul looked for a way to fulfill purpose. He wrote books. Hello. Listen, get out of your brain that Paul's in some comfortable little resort. Oh, he had a few chains on, but, you know, he just spread his books out on the floor. Yeah, dirt floor with rats everywhere. Hello. Get that, get that out of your mind that it was some country club. Paul was in a real ugly, dirty, nasty prison. When we were in Israel, we got to see where they kept Paul, uh, you know, when, when he was in, or not uh, Paul. We saw where Jesus was kept before the crucifixion. That wasn't a nice place. It was dirt floors, nasty, ucky. I'm sure he had rats everywhere. But Paul, when he was in prison, he fulfilled purpose. Paul wrote books, he prayed, he worshipped God, and he never blamed anybody for his situation. Uh-oh. Who are you blaming? Who do you want to blame so you don't have to take any blame? I just, okay, I got to do a little pause for station identification. I cannot tolerate when people are 40, 50 years old, young, a little younger maybe, or a little, and their parents have been dead and gone for centuries, and they're still, well, it was my mother. It was my father. Get over yourself. Okay? They're gone, dead, buried. You need to get on with your life, but you need to get some healing. Stop blaming people. Paul didn't blame nobody. He used everything for the glory of God. So should we do less? No. Ephesians 2.6, familiar passage of scripture. And hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, you're seated in heavenly places. Some of you are too earthbound. <laughs> get to a heavenly place. And guess what? In those heavenly places, you can rise above the noise. 
Rise above the distractions and the clamor and the noise. Rise above. Get to a heavenly place where you belong. I'm not telling you. I'm, I'm telling you what the word says. You are lifted to heavenly places. How many of you are getting this? Something's wrong with our clock back there. Hallelujah, I got a whole hour yet. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Finally, God said this to me as I was studying. He goes, hold fast. Write that down because that's this year's motto. Hold fast. How many of you ever been in a car with somebody and you felt like you better grip the armrest? (laughs) Bishop and I used to grip the armrest when Gabrielle drove. (laughs) I was always in the back seat. And I hear Bishop, Bree, don't you see that? Bree, look out for that. And she goes, Dad, I'm driving. (laughs) Hold fast. Say, Hashem is in control. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. Hold on. Now I want you to get this. Look at Exodus 14, 13 and 14. Moses said to the people, fear ye not. Stand still. Hold fast. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he'll show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will see them again no more forever. Hold fast. Those little demons that have been tormenting you, they're numbered and their days are numbered. Look at Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast. The profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. He's faithful. I love it. If you're looking, I was looking in the Hebrew on the Exodus 14 verse. And it said, calm down. Look at your neighbor and say, calm down. Hold fast. Now, when I began to look that up, it means for a sailor, for the Navy people, it means to make tight the rope. Tighten up. Hold fast. Tighten up your grip with God. It means to hold something secure. Maintain balance and stay put. How many of you this is speaking to you? It means to secure one hand on the ship. Who's your ship? With your other hand, get out there and help those in need. Wow. It means to hold tight what you believe. Don't waver from your personal conviction and truth. Don't let other people try to talk you out of what you know is truth. Well, God loves all these different people. Yeah, he loves everybody and he'll love us all the way to hell. Right? He'll love us all the way to hell if that's what we choose. Hold fast. Hold fast. And then it means to stand still and hold your position. That's what we got to do this year. This is going to be an incredible year. Don't listen to nobody tell you, we're going to have a crash and this is going to happen. No, it's going to be an incredible year because we belong to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but one thing I saw throughout COVID was he took care of his people. He took care of his people. Hold fast. Hold fast to his love. Hold fast to the word. Hold fast to a radicalism in Jesus. Don't let someone tell you, you're just a little bit off on this Jesus thing. 
mean, you know, I love you, but all you can talk about is Jesus. Good. Maybe if I talk enough about it, you'll get it. If we can be radical crazy when a bunch of men run after a pigskin, hello, or when a bunch of men or women run after a little hockey puck, or when somebody swings a bat and hits a ball, everybody goes nuts. Now, if that ain't radical, then I think I can be radical for Jesus. Hello. And then he said, in the midst of standing still and holding fast, he said, simplify. Simplify. Simplify what you can in your life. If your house is filled to the brim, unfill it. If your closet's filled beyond measure, unfill it. If you got more than you need, get rid of it. Simplify. If you're doing stuff and there's a simpler way to do it, find it. Because the more you simplify, the more time you have for Jesus. I want to share this story with you before I close. Because it just really brings home the whole idea of trusting God. It brings home the whole idea of staying focused on what God is doing. Even if he changes the method by which you're going to do it. Are you getting me? Listen. In the early 1900s, this is a true story. It became very common for European Jews who were tired of poverty, despair, and the whole Holocaust experience. When they came out, they wanted a better life. Amen? And it was very expensive. Parents usually sent children one at a time as money for passage became available. So they'd send the kids off to live with Somebody, anybody who could take them in and pull them out of this miserable experience. So the children would often go to America and stay with relatives till the rest of their family arrived. How many of you know that was really focusing on God? So in 1930, Anya Gold, the oldest of eight children, was sent by her parents to the U.S., Having only saved enough money for one ticket, her parents told her they would soon follow, but they never did. It took them years to accumulate enough money, but by the time they did have it, the Holocaust had begun, so they were killed in the Holocaust. So she was raised by her aunt in Baltimore, and eventually in 1946, a few stray survivors from her hometown in Poland arrived in Baltimore and brought with them the news that she dreaded her entire family had been wiped out. It was hard for her. She knew, though, that the best way, look at this, talk about setting aside the tribulations and looking for ways for God to use you and bless you. Look at this. She set aside those bad experiences and she commemorated her family's legacy, legacy by building one herself. She wanted to get married, have a bunch of kids, and name them after all of her family members. So afterwards, shortly, she married her wonderful husband, Saul, and they began to build their lives together. But several years went by, they remained childless, and the doctors informed them there was a problem and they couldn't have kids. So they decided to adopt. So they contacted an agency in New York, and the Jewish agency said they had a, a, a child for adoption, but one family had taken their kid back. So they traveled all the way for nothing, they felt like. But then when they did finally reconnect with them, they said, well, we do have a wonderful little girl named Miriam, and she's desperately in need of a home. But she was already eight years old, and they wanted a newborn. 
So they went home. So another year passed with no prospects. They contacted many agencies, but it was really hard to find uh, another agency. So she was so longing for a child. She says, let's just see if we can adopt that little girl, Marion. Let's see if she's still there. We'll go back and get her. So they called the agency, and the official said, absolutely, the girl had not been adopted. Now, you got to think about that. A whole year went by. So not too many people, though, want a nine-year-old. But now there is a bit of a complication added to it. Her little brother was found in Europe, and he's joined her. So now they had to adopt Miriam and her brother. So the agency said, you know, the siblings are inseparable, and we promised them if they got adopted, they would get adopted together. So the couple went back, Anya went back with her husband Saul to New York. They saw Miriam had a very sweet demeanor, and her brother Moshi was adorable. So they brought him home to Baltimore, and finally were so excited to have a family of children. Miriam looked around her new home, the little girl, and she said suddenly, pointing to the picture on the piano, She says, Anya, why do you have my grandmother's picture on your piano? Anya stared at the picture of her deceased mother. What in the world was this kid talking about? Miriam ran to her suitcase and she took out an old faded picture and showed it to Anya. She said, see, I have that picture too. It's my grandma." So Anya took out a picture of her mother and was shocked to see Sarah, her sister. Unknowingly, they had adopted her sister's two children. Tell me that God doesn't use our tribulations to do incredible miracles. And so I want to close with this clip. It's called Head of the Game, or Head in the Game, about staying focused and watch what this football team does. Let's watch. Sixty-one yards already, and Panthers minus twenty-one. Winchell is bringing the water to the turn. Coma stopped at the line again. Winchell right now. I don't know if we need to worry so much about the score, just whether or not we'll be able to take all these boys home. Hermian's offensive line is being. Spiraling out of control. At some point, you've got to worry about the safety of the kids, though. Hey, what? The Panthers came into this ball game really fired up, but right now they've got the wind just knocked out of them. You've got to get your head in the game. Are you in the game? Yes, sir. You're going to have to wake up out there. Yes, sir. Five minutes to play, and the half has been all Carter. They lead 18 to nothing. Third and one on the Permian 40. Whitaker with the throw set in shotgun, looking once again to throw the ball. Fury's coming on the dome lid. Robert Whitaker will look to throw, looking right. Ball is in the air. And it's picked off by
Get your head in the game this year and hold fast. Amen. I want you to look at that prophetic word, put it in your Bible, read it. Read parts of it. Pray over it. This is going to mean something to you this year. Amen. If that's you this morning as we close and you say, I need to get focused. I need to let go of what I thought was important. I need to make right choices. Whatever it is that you want God to change, stand up this morning. And if you want, come on down and stand up and come, ac come across the platform, I mean the uh, altar here. You want God to do something different this year in your life. You want to get focused. You want God to change the way you think. You want God to set you free from some of the junk you've been hindered by. You're sick of distractions. And you want God to change that for you. You need the strength and the Holy Ghost to get you focused. Come on. If you're more comfortable sitting in your seat, fine. Live stream people. Don't you think that this ain't for you? If that's you and you need to get focused and you're sick of the distractions and you have not made some right choices, then stand up in your house right where you're at. And lift your hands to God this morning. Because there ain't nothing no human being in the anywhere is going to do for you. God's got to touch you this morning. The Holy Ghost is going to reach down and just swirl around you and envelop you. Now just begin to pray. If you don't pray in, in tongues, pray in English. Say, God, I really need you to do something this year. I want to hold fast. I want to hold tight. I don't want to let go. I want to make sure I'm secure for the ride. Oh, ministers if you'll just come you can pray or you can just lay hands whatever the Holy Spirit shows you to do Father, Father, Father in the name of Jesus we call on Jesus we call on Jesus who's Lord Maybe you've never made him Lord yet. You can't hold fast because you didn't make him Lord yet. And I want you to do that with me right now. I want you to just pray with me and welcome him in because he will come in gladly. And just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come in. I need you That you're there when I need you. Thank you that you died and rose again. I pull on the blood of Jesus. Lord, be Lord, be Lord this year so I can hold fast to you. Thank you, Jesus. 
I'm home. I'm home. And I thank you. Hallelujah.